Hello everybody, it's Melissa. I'm back and I hope you're doing well. Welcome to another episode. Today I want to talk about communication. I posted on the Instagram recently uh, that I was taking a communications class. Uh, It's one of my general education requirements uh, towards my associate's degree and so I'm doing it. I, I sort of, you know, I try and approach every class with some excitement, really like I enjoy the classes that are related to my major most. Um, I kind of wish I didn't have to take all of these like accessory classes that for one, I feel like to me, it's potentially a waste of time. Some of these classes and, a t- you know, I'm just like, I just, I want to, I'm going to school for engineering And some of these classes seem strange. Like, I'm required to take two PE classes. I'm like, why are you making me take PE to be an engineer? I just don't... Some of it doesn't make sense to me logically. But sure, fine. Communication is good. Um, You need to know how to communicate, you know, with your teachers, with your peers, with your future employers, whatever. So this class is sort of diving into you know, communication processes and tactics and struggles. And so far it's been interesting. I was going in pretty confident. I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm a really good communicator. This is what I posted on the Instagram. I was like, I feel like I'm a good communicator. Like it, it is sort of an autism stereotype that many of us are terrible communicators or that just inherently goes along with being autistic, but I disagree. I know there are uh, some autistic people who are actually really good at communication and I sort of lumped myself into that category. But then I asked the question on Instagram about uh, uh, like what, what are your, do you struggle with communication? And if so, like what are your biggest communication struggles? And Um, a bunch of you answered. And as I was reading your answers, I was actually kind of relating to a lot of it. So then I was like, Ooh, maybe I'm not as good of a communicator as I thought I was. But I think there is a distinction for me. Um, I think it depends on the situation, the person I'm communicating with and the type of communication it is. So like, I've always been pretty good at communicating in structured situations or structured environments, like in the workplace, like communicating with a boss or a coworker over, you know, you're like talking about work. There's a general, you know, flow to conversations like that. And there are rules and there are expectations of how to communicate in the workplace and stuff like that. Um, so that kind of stuff has always been pretty easy for me. Uh, as far as I know, I mean, no one's ever told me that I'm a poor communicator in the workplace. I've always, um, had, you know, positive reviews from employers when you do your like annual, those horrible, like annual sit down meetings with your supervisors at whatever job you have. I don't know. Those always (laughs) made me really nervous. I'm like, Oh, let's, I don't want to sit down and talk about me and my, what I'm doing right. And what I'm not doing right for 30 minutes, but okay. Um, anyway, so, you know, communication in a more structured format and environment, I I can do pretty well at that. Um, it's when it's more like off the cuff, uh, unplanned, unstructured, 
situations uh, or I, I can struggle there most of the time. I do, you know, on, I think it was the last episode where I was talking about school and I told, I talked about the, um, situation when I ran into one of my classmates in the, in the restroom and I tried to make small talk and it was an epic failure. So, (laughs) you know, that's just case in point right there. It's like, if I just like randomly run into someone and have to strike up a conversation, uh, especially if it's with someone who I don't really know very well or know at all, but just feel obligated to talk to, um, that can be very difficult and very awkward for me. I, you know, yeah, it's awful. And, you know, I don't really know what to do about that. Now that I know that I'm autistic, it makes a lot more sense at least, (laughs) but, uh, I'm not sure if I'll ever get any better at that, but we'll see. Uh, so also like if I can plan ahead, that's much better. And I know a lot of you will understand where I'm coming from with this. Like the other day I went to get my haircut and, uh, I was going to a new person, but it's someone who I kind of know. It's my son's roommate. And so she has been sort of like a, like a friend of my son's for a while, but I've never actually really like had a conversation with her. I've seen her in passing here and there and just said hello or whatever. And she's really nice. Um, but like going into a situation like that where I'm like, okay, I'm going to be in a situation where I'm going to need to have some things to talk about. You know, I'm going to be in there for a little while, getting my hair done and, so luckily we have some things in common, like, you know, we talked a little bit about my son and like, yeah, I just thought of questions ahead of time that I could ask her like about her life. And, you know, it's funny cause I never really knew that that wasn't a thing that everyone does. This is one of the big autism clues where I was like, wait, not everyone takes all of this time and effort to pre-plan conversations when they're going to be in a situation like this. I had no idea. Because it's just a thing that I've always done. It's like you make these bullet points in your mind. You're like, okay, here are things I know about this person. Here are things that I could talk about. Um, Here are things that I shouldn't talk about. Those are other bullet points I make because this particular person, you know, like she recently went through a breakup. Like she's had a few things happen lately. And I'm like, okay, here are things not to, like, don't bring up her ex. Don't bring, and I have to like remind myself like the things also not to talk about because sometimes when uh, I'm in the moment and just like talking, 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 uh, sometimes things can come out that aren't necessarily like, as soon as I say it, I'm like, Oh God, I shouldn't have said that. Or I shouldn't have brought that thing up. So just being able to pre-plan a conversation is like great for me. Um, so structured environments, the, the ability to plan ahead, those are helpful uh, things for me in my communication life. Um, so let me, I think, yeah, let me read some of these, uh, things that you guys sent in to me. Uh, oh, let me see if I close this. Oh yeah, it does. Okay. 
because they're on my phone and I'm like, oh, if I close this app, is it going to stop recording? But it doesn't. It keeps recording. Okay. So let me read some of these responses that you guys set in. Uh, so I'm, and I'm not going to read names cause I said I would keep these anonymous. Uh, so someone said understanding social cues and situations. So I do know a lot of autistic people struggle with this. Uh, I feel like I'm good at picking up on cues. I am pretty good at like body language and knowing like, and measuring people's like tone of voice you know, being, I'm hyper aware always of situations. I feel like that I can thank my trauma for that because uh, I did grow up in a household where I kind of really did have to be on alert for uh, changes in mood and yeah. So I think I learned to pick up on cues out of necessity Um, but there, I feel like there are still times where I'm unsure, where I'm like, ooh, is this person implying this or that? Like, I feel like I'm not completely oblivious, just sometimes I can't quite figure out one way or the other. Uh, so there's that, um... But this person also said understanding social cues and situations. So I think just saying like understanding social situations in general is hard for them. Uh, And I agree. (laughs) I, you know, this is why I don't have very many friends, I guess, because I feel like if I, I'm pretty good now at like fitting myself in but I don't really know how to, I don't understand a lot of the things that go along with being social. Like a lot of it doesn't make sense to me really. Um, but I can go along with it to fit in if that makes sense. So I don't know if it's that I don't understand how to do it. It's that I don't understand why we're doing it, (laughs) but now I know that it's because I'm autistic and i you know, my brain works differently than most others around me. So, um, you know, I will add that I have a lot easier time understanding other autistic or neurodiverse people. And this is how I think I'm gaining a good, like neurodiversity radar, because now I feel like when I'm talking to someone, I'm like, I feel like this person's autistic, or I feel, I definitely feel like this person has ADHD. Uh, And, uh, I think that's one of the ways that I know how to pick up on that is because I feel much more at ease with those people in general. Um, and the communication just comes much more naturally. Uh, and so, yeah, I feel like that's a big clue to me sometimes. Um, okay. So, uh, this next person said needing a lot of uninterrupted time to get out a complete thought. Um, that is, yeah, uh, okay, I do have this too, especially, um, I think if I'm nervous or my emotions are heightened in any way, if I'm nervous or anxious or if I'm in a, like, confrontational situation, it definitely shows up then. Uh, the problem, though, is I 
uh, am very uncomfortable with like silence. <laughs> like, so I will just keep talking to fill the space of empty. Like, I can't just be like, if someone wants me to talk or ask me a question or something and I can't think of what I want to say right away, I can't just sit there silently and be like, hmm. Sometimes I will. <laughs> But often I will just start talking and talking and talking. And then I'm like, <laughs> it's just words filling the space while I'm trying to think of what I really want to get around to saying. And then that's when it can feel really awkward to me. And later on, I'm like, oh my God, I said so many things that probably didn't make sense. I went on a lot of tangents. I should have just like told them I needed a minute to think like, uh, so and it seems like conversationally people have high expectations of like conversations having this um this uh what's the word i'm looking for um like a uh, oh my god why can't i think of the word like this back and forth at a certain pace yes that was the word i was looking for pace um you know, the expectation of the pace of a conversation to me sometimes stresses me out because I feel like so often it's like this person says something like the flow is expected to go a certain way. And if there's pauses, it's like, oh, this is awkward. It's quiet. I don't know what to say. And then the more time that passes, the more awkward it gets and then the harder it is to think of what to say because you feel so awkward and anxious about the fact that it's been silent. And like it just it's like a, it's like a loop that just perpetuates itself until you're just like, ah, and you run away. So yes, that one, I, I feel that one. Okay. So someone else said, if someone is mad at me, I get overwhelmed and my brain can't register their words. Oh yes. Um, the, yeah, uh, I don't know if I can't register their words, but if I, if someone's mad at me, I definitely get overwhelmed and I definitely cannot communicate effectively. Uh, I just want to run away. Honestly, if someone's mad at me, uh, this is, <laughs> this is a big trigger, uh, for meltdowns for me actually. And I feel like I have such big emotions centered around someone being mad at me or being confrontational with me because of, uh, a lot of things that happened to me in my past when I was growing up. Um, and I feel very big emotions when people are coming at me like that. So I, I agree with this person. I definitely get really overwhelmed. I can't communicate effectively uh, most of the time if I know someone's mad at me. And, you know, it depends on who and it depends on the situation. Uh, but, yeah, there. I mean, there are times when I can be in a, you know, like a disagreement with my partner or something and that's fine. But it's like, you know... Like I said, some of these are very situational and dependent on who it's with and, you know, a lot of other factors too. Uh, okay, so someone else said, uh, the, there's two that sort of are along the same lines. One said knowing when and how to join a conversation. And this other person said knowing when to speak. I always interrupt people. So, uh, yeah, I... So the thing with me is I will not interrupt. I will never interrupt. I'm so self-conscious about interrupting people, but 
then that leads to me often being left out of conversations altogether because I will just stay quiet. Because like this first person said, uh, I don't really know how to jump in sometimes. Uh, especially if like, if it's a group conversation and there's a lot of talking going on and a lot of different voices and things and like, I, I'll think of something I want to interject, but I won't necessarily uh, be able to do that. Like it's, it's uncomfortable for me. So usually I'll just stay quiet and then I'm the really quiet person. You know, if it's a, if it's a group of people that I'm really comfortable with, which doesn't happen often, then it's a little easier, uh, to get a word in, but I definitely feel this one with, uh, with knowing when and how to join in a conversation. It's even worse when it's like, there's three people it's like you and two other people and the two other people are having a conversation and you're just kind of sitting there and you're like I'm a third wheel I don't really know what to say or when to say it it's fine uh so the interrupting uh like I said is not a problem for me because I'm like super conscious of interrupting people but that doesn't mean I don't have the urge to interrupt people like if I'm in a conversation and there's something I really want to say I definitely get, I get like anxious. I'm like, oh my God, I really want to say this thing. Um, I just, I guess I have a lot of um, self-control in those situations just because I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't like to interrupt people. And I'm really, when I have on occasion interrupted someone, I get really embarrassed and I'm like, oh God, I'm never doing that again. Uh, so, okay. Uh, let me, let me read a few more of these. Uh, oh, someone said they forget words all the time. Yeah. I just did that a minute ago. I couldn't think of the word pace. <laughs> so yes, that'll happen. I'll be on like such a good role in a conversation and I'll forget like the simplest word. I'll be like, what is that? What's that thing that you like open and it's got words in it and you read it and they're like a book. And I'm like, yeah, book. Like, I promise I'm not dumb. I just cannot think of a word sometimes. I don't know what that's about. That might be an ADHD thing, right? Um, uh, being too direct or blunt. This is a big one, right? For autistic people. A lot of autistic people have a struggle with this. Uh, I, okay. So it's like the interrupting thing. I am sort of on the other end of this particular spectrum where, I, and I think I've mentioned this on another episode before, I over-filter what I say sometimes. I think a lot before I talk, most of the time. Now, that's not to say that there have not been times where I have blurted something out or been blunt or been more direct and have been, like, either unaware, but most of the time I am aware. As soon as I say it, I'm like, ooh, oops, like, I shouldn't have said that or that was awkward, or that was kind of mean, the way that came out. Uh, <laughs> most of the time that happens with people who I'm uh, fairly comfortable with, like my partner, my mom, uh, even my kids sometimes. Like, Because I feel like at those points, I'm being less uh, less vigilant, you know, about, about 
censoring myself and filtering. You know, you when you're with the people you're most relaxed around is when these things tend to kind of present more because you're not masking as much, right? Hopefully you have people in your life who you can be uh, more unfiltered around and stuff. So, you know, I always really, um, my, my best friend in the entire world, uh, is very blunt and very direct. And I've always really liked that quality about her. And maybe, uh, it's suspected that she's on the spectrum as well. We are just finding out, which is kind of awesome. And I always, it's not a surprise to me at all. Um, but I've always, I think that is one reason why, uh, she and I have been able to be friends for so many years because I know what she's saying. Like, she'll just tell it like it is. I don't have to wonder what she's thinking, if there's anything, uh, if there's any double meaning, if there's any weird, like, things I'm not picking up on, because she's just very direct, very blunt. So, um, I know that one can be a trouble sometimes, but, like, honestly, you know, as long as you're not being mean, I appreciate that quality in people, and I wish I could be more direct and more blunt sometimes, because I think me, um, overanalyzing and overthinking and worrying, about accidentally being too blunt or direct makes it so that sometimes, again, I don't, I just stay quiet a lot and I don't speak. Uh, so there's, there's that, there's that side of it too. Uh, someone else said explaining how and why I feel about things the way I feel about them. Yeah, I've definitely, I've struggled with that too. I've always thought that this was sort of a weird trauma thing for me though, like not trusting my feelings. And that's why I can't really explain why I feel the way I feel or, you know, it's like, cause I'm not sure if it's right. <laughs> I'm like, am I feeling this or should I be feeling this or why am I feeling this? Uh, I don't know if that's what this person was really saying or if this is how that feels to them. Um, maybe they don't actually know. I mean, there is alexithymia, which is where you don't really, you can't really tell sometimes what your feelings are. You just kind of feel them in your body and you're like, I don't know if this is excitement or fear or anxiousness or, you know, like a lot of things feel the same in your body, but you can't really put into words how like what caused it or why or whatever so uh that's definitely a thing okay let me go to this next page mm. uh keeping eye contact yeah that is you know i wasn't thinking about nonverbal communication necessarily uh when i posted that I'm good at communication, but eye contact is a big part of things. And yeah, that can be a big struggle for me, a big, big struggle. And I used to, uh, really try and work on that because I felt like, especially in environments like the workplace, it made me feel like if I'm talking to a boss or a supervisor or something, uh, it made me seem less confident that I couldn't look people in the eye, you know, that I'm always kind of like looking around or looking down and I'm like, I don't want to come across that way. But for some reason, you know, it's, it's hard for me to keep eye contact. Um, it just feels very awkward and uncomfortable for me. And now I know why, but, um, there are certain people who I have no problem 
holding eye contact with for a regular amount of time. Uh, But again, like across the board, eye contact is difficult. Uh, In my EMT refresher course I just took, because I'm reinstating my uh, EMT license, Uh, It's talking a lot about your nonverbal communication, and it's like when you're talking with patients, you know, be sure to keep eye contact. That helps them feel secure. That, and I'm just like, "Mm, does it though? I don't know. I don't know if someone staring me in the eyes would make me feel secure. I I kind of know what they're trying to get at with that one, but it's like, not everyone feels that way about eye contact though. You know, you got to think that some people may not like you staring them in their eyes. so I don't know. I feel like this is a cultural thing that's sort of been over perpetuated and as like a useful thing when so many people, I mean, even I've even talked to people who aren't autistic, who have a hard time or find eye contact, uh, uncomfortable. So I don't know. I think, I think we need to amend our thinking about keeping eye contact and how important it really is, but I'm not in charge of that. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, someone said understanding sarcasm, irony, and double meanings. Uh, I posted about this recently also on Instagram about how, um, this is an autism myth that all autistic people have a hard time with sarcasm, but because I don't, I don't have a hard time with sarcasm at all. Uh, but again, I grew up with a very sarcastic parent. My dad is just like, he only is sarcastic. I feel like that's the only way he speaks is in sarcasm. So I learned, I don't know if it's just because I was around someone who was constantly being sarcastic uh, during my formative years that I just learned sarcasm and I use sarcasm a lot myself. Uh, There are times though when I've had a trouble, if it's someone who I don't know, like there's a couple podcasts I listen to, uh, where they've been sarcastic and I've been like confused about whether or not they're being sarcastic. Um, when I was taking my EMT refresher, my instructor, this was over zoom. He said something about, he made a joke about I don't know if it was a joke. He said something and I couldn't tell if he was joking or if he was being sarcastic or if that was like a real thing that I needed to like study. And so I had to clarify with him later, like during a break, and I felt dumb because I was like, was that supposed to be obvious that that, that was uh, a joke or I don't know, like, ugh. so there are some awkward moments for me regarding this, but uh, across the board, I, I do understand sarcasm, irony, double meanings, all of that, um, but I know that is a huge struggle for some autistic people. Uh, okay, a few more here. Uh, the fear of being misunderstood and misinterpreted. Yes. Oh my gosh. So this, this also comes from trauma, right? From years of feeling misunderstood or maybe saying the wrong thing and not knowing and have someone get mad at you. Uh, you know, this is a thing that happened to me a lot growing up. Um, and as autistic people, I feel like this is a common occurrence for us feeling misunderstood, misinterpreted and judged because of that. Uh, this is where my over-communicating comes in. I am an over-communicator. We might say I overshare sometimes too. 
I really want to get my point across sometimes. If I'm talking to someone about something, I will just talk it to death because I want to be sure that they understand what I'm saying. And I also ask a lot of questions of other people sometimes too because I want to make sure that I'm interpreting what they're saying correctly and that my response was appropriate for what they were saying. Um, So this oftentimes leads to me leaving a conversation feeling kind of embarrassed about how much I talked and how many questions I asked and how much I clarified and over clarified. Uh, I also do this in text. I really am long-winded sometimes over text or emails because I don't want to leave any details out. I don't want to leave anything to that person's imagination. I'm so afraid that they're going to be like, oh wait, what? and not understand what I'm saying or think I'm, or even worse, think that I'm saying something that I'm not. Uh, so yeah, that's a huge one. Uh, this person, this next person said reciprocal conversations. I'm much more comfortable when I have time to process things. Yeah. So, you know, this is why I enjoy emailing and texting over like a phone call or even sometimes an in-person conversation, right? Because with text messaging, you have time to formulate your response, right? You don't have to respond right away. You can think. Um, sometimes talking with people face to face, like I said earlier, like there's an expected pace to a conversation. And if you're lagging on that, people can get weirded out and wonder why. Um, And like sometimes, yeah, after a conversation, I'll go home and have time to think about things and think about what was said or think about what the person was asking or think about my own responses and be like, hmm, like I can be a really late processor. And sometimes I'll be like, oh, I kind of answered that wrong or because you feel pressured to like say something in the moment, right? And it might not be the way you really feel or the thing you really want to say and like, down the road later that day or the next day or whenever when you're actually had time to process (laughs) the whole situation uh it can be uh you can feel like regretful about things that you said or you can feel like maybe you didn't give the right impression or whatever I know that's definitely definitely happened to me um yeah so let me see were there more yeah there were a few more okay um Knowing when someone is sincere or just being nice or even flat lying. Okay. Um, I feel like I'm a pretty good lie detector. (laughs) Like I said, I'm pretty good at body language and like picking up on nonverbal cues from other people. I can kind of get a vibe when someone's lying or being shifty or untruthful. Uh... That's not to say that I can pick up on that kind of stuff all the time. I've definitely had people lie to me and found out later. uh, And I'm like, ooh, gross. Like, I didn't realize that that person was being untruthful. Um, But knowing when someone is being sincere, now that's a little bit different, right? And sometimes I do struggle with that. I, yeah, this used to be a much bigger problem for me um, growing up. Uh, I feel like I've gotten a little bit better at this now, and I th- I think a lot of things 
I've gotten a lot better at as I've aged a little more. Like I'm 42. For those of you that don't know, I feel like I struggled a lot more with communication, things like this, like not knowing when someone was sincere or just being nice or lying. Uh, in my teens and twenties, I really, I struggled a lot more with that. Uh, but you go through these situations enough times, uh, where you find out maybe someone wasn't being sincere or maybe someone was lying and you kind of learn, you're like, Oh, okay. Like next time someone's acting that way, I'm going to know that, you know, this is a thing that's going on. Um, so that's the thing that's gotten better for me with, with time and practice, I think. Uh, but it is still sometimes hard depending on the person. Uh, that's why socializing uh, in general is hard for me or particularly with new people because I can't ever really tell what their general impression of me is <laughs> or when I'm leaving the situation I'm like I have no idea how that went like or if they're like hey we should do this again I'll be like yeah and then I'm like was that do they really want to do it again or is that just something you say at the end of hanging out with someone like yeah those are times when I do get tripped up on that still and probably forever if I haven't felt <laughs> figured out how to deal with that by now um, let's see, uh, I think that's all, yeah, yeah, that's all, that's all the responses that you guys gave, um, so, that was a lot, that was a lot of communicating, <laughs> uh, but those were some very good responses, very relatable, and I was like, hmm, you know, I was really confident, I was like, you know, I'm a good communicator, and, uh, I'm like, well, am I though? Another thing is like, you only know if you're not good at something, if someone's telling you, right? Like sometimes, like to me, it's like, maybe I'm not good at certain things or as good as I think I am, but no one's just, no one's told me, right? I mean, cause sometimes it's not like people will be open and blunt and direct unless maybe you're talking to an autistic person, but you know, like that's seen as a, um, that's seen as an unsavory way to communicate. Right. Um, that's why most people don't communicate that way. So it's like, there are aspects of communication that I do feel like I'm really good at, but I'm like, am I really, or has no one just told me <laughs> that I'm not good at it. Uh, I feel like I'm good at talking. Uh, I mean, I do this podcast. I, I'm good at talking. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm good at communicating, right? Those can be two entirely different things. So I don't know. Uh, this communications class so far, I mean, we're just barely getting started and just talking about like the history of the study of communication and like a little bit getting into like the different types of communication and the different communication styles. So far, it's pretty interesting. So far, it's pretty um, uh, straightforward. And I do feel like a lot of the like the rules around communication uh, I'm familiar with, like, I can read this communication book and be like, well, yeah, I know, like, you're supposed to do this, you're not supposed to do that, here's a healthy way to express this, here's an unhealthy way to express that, here's what your interpersonal communications should look like, but the struggle sometimes is actually implementing those things, right? Like, we know sometimes how it should be, like, I know how I should talk to the 
person from my class who I ran into in the bathroom. Does that mean I can? No, I was awkward. I was awkward. I didn't know what I was saying. I didn't know how to keep the conversation going. Uh, (laughs) Even though like in my head, if I had thought about that conversation ahead of time and thought about how it would go and thought about the things I would say, I could work it all out in my head and I could imagine how it would go just fine because I know how it's supposed to be. I watch TV. I see other people communicate. I know what it's supposed to look like and what effective, positive, quote-unquote normal communication looks like. Uh, It's just the implementation of those things is hard sometimes, most of the time. So anyway... Uh, that's all I have to say on this topic. I mean, it's not, but it is for now because this episode is getting a little bit long and I don't want it to be too long. Uh, and I have to go make dinner. I'm going to make spaghetti and I've been on a big spaghetti kick lately. So my same foods always stay the same for breakfast, lunch, like throughout the day, I kind of just snack. I hardly ever like sit down and eat a lunch, but I have like a few go-to snacks that I usually eat throughout the day. And then for dinner, I usually rotate between like three different meals at a time for dinner. Luckily, my entire family is neurodivergent as well. And so they don't mind having the same foods over and over, just like I do. So um, I did get on a big spaghetti kick lately. Uh, Spaghetti with red sauce and garlic bread. And sometimes a salad if I'm feeling it. I'm not always in a salad mood. I, like today, I'm not really in a salad mood. I think I just want the noodles and the bread. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to go do that. I'll let you guys go. And uh, if you want to reach out, of course, I have an email and you can follow on the Instagram. And I really enjoy hearing from you guys. And uh, if you want to leave a rating or a review, I would appreciate that. You can do that on some of the podcast platforms. I know you can do it for sure now on Spotify, and I know on Apple Podcasts you can. I don't know about the other platforms, but it does really help other people find the show. And uh, that's what I'm here for, is to help other people, uh, I guess. And I think it's working because I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say they're really enjoying and relating to the podcast, and that makes me feel happy. Very, very happy. So... Anyway, now I'm rambling and I don't know how to, that's another communication thing, you guys. Oh my God, I should have talked about that and now it's happening and so I can talk about it real quick is knowing how to end conversations and wrap things up. This isn't just a thing that happens to me on the podcast. This is a thing in real life where I am like, when is it okay to stop talking and how do I do that? And how do I know if that person's done talking and if it's time to go? (laughs) Like sometimes there are obvious cues uh body language and uh just overall general cues that the person is giving or if uh there's an allotted amount of time uh that you have to talk to someone and you have to go that's better but like if it's open-ended and sometimes I can't tell I'm like are we how much longer are we going to be talking is it okay to bring up a new thing? Should I wrap it up? How do I wrap it up? Am I rude? Is this too short of a conversation? Is this too long of a conversation? Have I been talking to this person for too long? Are they internally rolling their eyes being like, oh, shut up. You know, that's another big one for me, guys. So obviously, I just proved my point that I don't know how to end things and I just keep going. But for you guys, 
I know that the episode does have to end and it does have to end soon because you have to go and I have to go cook spaghetti. So I will talk to you next time. Bye!